Hello, everyone, and welcome to State of the Realm, your weekly Final Fantasy XIV podcast. This week, it's spoiler cast. Not much more to talk about. If you don't want to hear about spoilers for 4.4 here, then leave. That's it, because that's the whole Get show. Book out. All right, Sly, relax. You need to wow. just, you just, that's, we're trying to treat them with some respect here. All right. But yeah, no, but for real, though, spoilers, everything that we can get through. And if we don't finish it in one show, we'll do it in two shows. I don't care. Because there's a lot to talk about in this one right here. It's a light Sly. We're on Sly. I got raid tonight. So we, <laughs> I don't know if we can fit this all in two hours. He's giving me faces. Anyway, let's let's get started. I'm one of your hosts, Michael, Mr. Happy Pobro Omar. I'm sure you figured it out that he's here at this point. It's Sly. Sly, a.k.a. Gray Fox, a.k.a. Sly, a.k.a. Gray Fox, a.k.a. My boy, Blue. How you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty, pretty normal day. You doing? Yeah, I won't do, get through it in one. You, you, you have through it in one show. You having a normal day? Yeah, yeah, pretty normal. Yeah, you having a normal day? I'm not. I'm all pretty over the basic. place. All right. It's basic. It's base. It's a. It's a good old basic day. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Well, we great. of course, if we're gonna talk about spoilers, we we literally uh, we unfortunately have to bring someone onto the show. Unfortunately, um, wow, well, wow, you know, happy. You talk about me, okay. yeah, I know. Yes, like you kind of just invited you <laughs> as a formality, but luckily we have Ethis here as well, so Jeez. he can, he can. Hi, uh, Ethis. There you go. Hi, you, you are our special. You are our special host. You, you are special to me, Ethis. I love you. Oh, you're special. Well, I turned least. the joke around and made Thank it you. seem like like he was the important one, and you weren't. Though, fortunately, I love you. Oh my god, is that an admission of love? Yes, I'm speechless. How how no how, how expensive of a, no of a mod station band? How expensive of a mod station band are you going to buy for FS here? Oh, we're getting a top tier package, baby. Twenty dollars. Cool. Holy Ooh. shit! That means yeah. it's serious. Ooh. Twenty dollars oh means it's serious. All right. Ooh. All right. How you doing, mm. Ethis? I'm good. I'm just sitting here stroking. Oh, you job. hated those things. What are you doing? I did, but now I love him because he's soft. Mm. Wow, mm. way to beauty's 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 you know deeper under the skin. Yeah, the beholder. Yeah, deeper than the skin. It's yeah. Deeper than the skin. It's not about yeah. the skin; it's about the the stuffing. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I, that's what Americans say on Thanksgiving. But anyway, uh, yeah. on that note, uh, we have to talk about main story stuff. That's it. There's nothing more to say. Other than that, so we should probably just get started. I will say this, though. I'd like to apologize to everyone. I hadn't realized the Steel Series giveaway had ended that we do. It had actually ended like two episodes ago, but because Ooh, of the crazy schedule, uh, I didn't keep track of it. I did pull a winner. I did contact them. Faith of Mana was the winner of that. They've been emailed, and a new one will be under the YouTube video. I've already made it. I made it right before the show went live, so that will be available under the YouTube video. So if you want to win free Steel Series stuff, they sponsor the show. They sponsor my channel. Check that out. Enter. It's free stuff. You can win free stuff. That's what else. What else do you need to know? You can win free stuff. We'll thank the Patreon sponsors at the end because we got to get started. Yeah. Okay. So we're just going to talk about main story first. That's it. We're not going to beat around the bush right. with four lords and and the Good. friggin' Doman reconstruction and which we can't right. even finish yet anyway. So we're that's what about it. Bay Mega. What about Bro and Bay? No, nope, no. Nope. We're starting oh, with the cool. listen. If we're we're on a time constraint here, we're starting with the main story. Okay. Okay. That's okay. it. I think that's the yeah. only thing we actually like really want to talk about anyway. Everything else is there and we'll talk about. It. But like this is the thing. Yeah. So, holy shit. 
how you how how they just gonna do this to us right how how you gonna put out a patch now i gotta wait three and a half months where the fuck is his beard uh are we see we're gonna start with solace we're gonna start no the no the chat wants us to no start no no solace. i'm just i'm just asking a question i'm just saying like we can get to that later but seriously where the fuck was his beard uh all right so 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 let's let's try to go in chronological order here with the story mm, as much right. as i know that concept's going to quickly deteriorate so uh mm. we we start this patch mostly under the pretense that something needs to be done about the garlean's retaliation to the events of 4.3 um mm, the right. plan that xenos had uh has taken full effect and there's constant cries for retaliation in the in the empire itself thancred's back already he got all the information he needed came back to let us know and that's that's it. You know, we knew we were working towards a Garlean expansion pretty much, right? We were we were all on the same page with that. Yeah. Yeah. So it all started like this, and I was kind of surprised to see Thancred back. I figured we wouldn't see him again until we were kind of on enemy soil. In a sense. He got back real quick though. Yeah, he does Yeah, he had the report. So this this tells us that we have had a little bit of a, a time skip as well. Um of at least I'd say like three or four weeks. Because yeah. he can't teleport. Like he had to he had to walk there and walk back. Yeah, one thing to remember yeah. if, if anyone's forgotten since the events of 3.1 when we learned this, uh Fancred's have been etherless pretty much ever since uh we encountered him again. So he I don't know if he's picked any up along the way and has some of it back, but uh he pretty much has to hoof everything the hard way. He can't just teleport around anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think they kind of, I, along with Ishtola's weakness, I suppose, I feel like that's a, that's a detail they've kind of just left forgotten at this point. Yeah, it's another one of those kind of Chekhov guns, one of those things that we've tucked away for, for later. Like, I feel like it all came like full circle at the end when, you know, they were, they were called, all three of them, like Ishtola, Dankred, and Uriange, like I forget what what would maybe cause you know Rianje to be completely called. He's but just he like, they they, exp they explain it they explain it why what actually happens there. But I'm sure we're gonna find out this completely bullshit reason as to why right. it's happening at some point. Right. But anyway, so we, we start off we start we start this off, and we also get very quick word that Alphano never made it. Mm hmm. And that's very where, conveniently. Yeah, and Alice is once again trying to take charge. Uh, now she, she's she's our new Alphano for a while because uh, he's he's gone and dealing with stuff on the on the front lines a little bit. We'll get to him a little bit later. But our, our early portions are really just us trying to find out what happened to Alphano. That's like the key thing that's happening at the start. And uh, I'd say that at this point we don't feel like it's going to be a very abnormal patch story wise. I don't know about you guys, but at first I'm like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I know. I mean, at this point, really? Thancred Fan came back. You know, we know there's a meeting that's going to be had. You know, he has yeah. been invited and Alphano mm -hmm. is never made it to his destination. We already know what happened to him with the role-playing event. Last like nothing, mm -hmm. nothing out of the ordinary. I'd say has happened too much yet. You know? Right. Then we go to the burn and it slowly starts to unravel as something that things are very amiss ethos what was what was amiss about the burn 
Well, the uh, the narrative that we have about the burn to date is that it was caused by primal summonings in the distant past. Um, but when we get there, of course, Allegans. This Allegans. Yeah, you literally beat the first boss, and then you're in an Allegan subterranean ship thing. It's a mine. Facility. It's a mine. There you go. It's, it's a, a mine. mining mining facility. It's an Allegan. Well, they mining called facility. it. They called them ruins, but yeah, I guess we'll move mine. I mean, a mining yeah. facility can be in ruins. Yeah. You know, and as soon as you know, as soon as you see Allegans, you know nothing's as it seems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we go through the burn. We they, we start examining everything. Ishtola can see in there somehow. I don't know how. Maybe I misunderstand. She uses her own ether to see more so than see. Well, that's the thing. She she doesn't she doesn't use her eyes normally anymore. But she doesn't see ether. I think she just uses her own ether to like sense her surroundings or some shit. It's like burning away at her ether stores. It's been a while. Another one of those points again that like with Thancred, we kind of just abandoned it and hasn't mattered at all. So what was your first thought upon seeing the burn and kind of seeing that despite being what's supposed to be like void of life, it seems still quite teeming with life and it's mostly centered around this elegant facility. Well, I mean, as soon, as soon as we saw the elegant stuff um, in the patch trailer, I was like, all right, the, the burn is a lie. Whatever we've been told about the burn is, is complete bollocks. Um, I wouldn't exactly call it teeming with life. I'd say life uh, finds a way. Um, There's a lot of burn left there. I'm sure there's something along the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, it it seems like the the fauna there is quite similar to what we see in the void where they're all just kind of cannibalistic. They're all like, there's no ether left on the land, so they're all kind of feeding off of each other. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was uh, apparent like immediately that whatever had happened there was caused by the elegance, wasn't it? Just finally when we thought maybe there was a plot point that wasn't elegance. No, no, of course not. So, so Alizé did like a, a sort of ethereal, um, like deep soil test and was like, Hey, this is the same dirt that there's analysis law. It's exactly the same. Uh, in this big, in this big Azusla shaped hole, and look, there's a big uh, Dalamud shaped hole over there. The Allegans were taking the soil there to make their facilities. Pretty much, well, they they lifted they them up. It. Yeah, yeah, they launched it from there as well. Yep. These that are bombshells. These bombshells just drop kind of back to back to back throughout the rest <laughs> of this. And I'd say the next part is the part where it was most people's probably their favorite outside of the final sequence was uh, we want to we now we need to find a way. So at this point, the Domans are afraid of retaliation and they want to use the elegant technology. Terrible idea, by the way, to basically erect a barrier that prevents the Garleans from flying over and just bombing them to all hell pretty much. Mm hmm. How do we go about doing that? Sly? How do we go about erecting this barrier? What what are we after here? Well, we need we need 
I wouldn't say mass amounts, amounts aether, but basically we need what lifted as is law. And we have to go to the house of crooked coin in, in, um, Yazim step. But before we can do that, well, we go and check it out and make sure that we can, you know, it's actually suitable. But before we can actually use it, we need permission. Well, we well, we don't really need permission. I mean, we want we want it though. We want it. We want we, it. We kind of want it. Yeah. At the same time, we do need allies as well. So it's not a good idea to piss off the local folk. So we we gotta we gotta go talk to the the Zela tribes. And who do we go talk to first? You getting ahead of yourself, Sly. You're getting ahead of yourself with. I know you're excited for <laughs> Sadu here, but you gotta. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta dial it up. You gotta dial it back, my friend. No, I under, I understand that you're really excited to talk about Sadu. Damn right I am. But some, we we learned something about the House of the Crooked Coin before we even get to Sadu because Ishtola examines it and mm. makes sure it's suitable, but she finds something that's not entirely right here either. At this, what does she discover about the House of the Crooked Coin upon further examination? Well, I mean, firstly, it's basically an ethereal dam. Um, mm -hmm. It's it's sort of damming the flow of ether into the burn and, and sort of storing up all the ether that should be flowing into the burn. But it's also kind of like starting to drain the land around it a little bit. Still, just a little bit. Yep. And that's going to come into an important point a little bit later as well. Because now, Sly, we need permission. We actually go to the mole first because they're the closest ones um, in that little right. hut. Uh, and speaking of the mole, uh, Sierra doesn't like that you're keeping her dinner, Ephes. She's a big fan of catfish. It's mine. Well, then, you know, cook it. Who isn't a big fan of catfish? Yeah, but you th when you thought, uh, let's be honest, when you go through the Namazu Beast Tribe quest, you thought that the other tribes were going to try to eat them. But no, Siren is the one who wants to eat the Namazu. <laughs> yep. She's like, uh, oh, country. I like her. She, she, she knows good food when she sees it. Damn um, right. so, so they go to the mole, which don't forget, we helped them win the Nadam doesn't really seem like they've taken up to you know the whole taking over the step thing but because they relinquished it to the uh Orineer, like i would i keep thinking I, I was talking about this earlier um doesn't the Orineer like being on the um on the throne isn't that kind of i don't know cere more ceremonial than anything it, it yeah I mean, this is yeah, the thing that really bothered me here, right? Is that Hian was like, oh, we need to go and ask the, the leaders of the step for permission. I'm like, mm -hmm. yo, I'm the Han of the step. Did you forget? Yeah. Like, I'm right, I'm right here. And then later right he's like, oh yes, we need to speak to all the all the leaders of the different parts of Othard and have a council. Again, I'm like, yeah, I'm technically the regent of the Azim Step. No, just me. Okay. I won the right. Nadam. That was it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we we are the ruler. We fought under the mole, but but we are the rulers. We we well, are. Why the fuck are the Orinir still so fucking cocky about it? Because that's they're just that's like, how they were raised, man. Because they're dumb. Yeah, 
That's exactly. it. They just they just have enough they just have enough blood for battle. That's about it. They're not using any in their brain. But we go we go to the mole, we tell them that it looks like it'll serve our purposes. They go, okay, you probably want to go talk to some of the other tribes. And then they point us to who's Sly? The Dotharl. And who's the leader of the Dotharl Sly? My baby. <laughs> He's so good in the sack. What's her name, Sly? Sadu. Oh my god. I mean, it was like sex. Like she, she, she. Yeah, that was that like... was. This entire sequence ends up becoming the 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 equivalent of sex for her. For Sado, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love every minute of that. Oh my god, that was so. Ethis doesn't. Hmm. It was so good. Come again? Was it good for you, Ethis? Was it good for you? Do you want me uh, to, Ethis, or are you talking to Sadu? I mean, I've had better. All right. <laughs> there you go. I mean, you're used to fighting like giant tarantulas and shit in Australia anyway, so you get that battle high all the yeah. time. That's true. All right. So uh, at this point, we have to we have to challenge the Detharl, specifically Sadu, to battle, and uh, mm-hmm. she doesn't. She just keeps going. She's just like, and I'm alive again, and I'm alive again, and I'm alive. She that's it. She's just like she won't, she won't give up. She just wants to fight the Warrior of Light forever. If it was up to her, she would those never are, stop fighting the Warrior of Light. Those were orgasms, by the way. Yeah. I mean, she literally goes, "Yes, yes." Mm-hmm. <laughs> she like Can really spell it out for us any more um, precisely. This so. like. Yeah, thanks, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. yeah, Sly. Thanks. That's yeah, yeah. you know. Um, mm-hmm. but then the Oranir show up, and uh, Magni, he wants he wants part of the action too. He's like, you can't can't do this without us. We got to fight too. To burn the entire step down. Like she probably would have too. Oh, if it means yeah. winning, yeah, yeah. If it means a good fight. Yeah. She'll burn everything down, man. It don't matter. But uh, Magni over there grabs his closest monk friend and decides he wants to pick a fight with Ishtola and Hien. And we have to play as Ishtola here, which is kind of weird. Is it? It Oh, that was great. I liked that. It was kind of strange because the last time we used the role-playing feature, we were like really far away and seeing an event another time. Yeah, it made sense last time, didn't it? Yeah, this time it was just like... Doing hey, it for the sake of doing it. Because the Warrior of Light was still fighting Sadu while we we're mm. fighting Azure's Toe. So it was a little weird. And her being a white mage isn't exactly the most exciting of... of I'd rather have played as Hien of the two. <laughs> Personally speaking. But uh, we beat up Magni. Doesn't matter. We beat him and his friend up. Yeah. And then uh, we get permission to the- use it. And then no, we encounter. No, 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 we already had. No, we get permission first, Sly. Okay. Then what happens? The burn savage. I didn't see this coming, man. None of it. <laughs> really? I don't think anyone. I don't think anyone saw that this was about. No one saw that this event was like this is about to happen. Because Magni thinks he's found his moon. We always talk about Magni finding his moon. 
and he thinks he's found it in Ishtole. He falls in love with her on the field of battle. Was that really so surprising? Not yeah. Really. I was pretty uh, fucking I mean, surprised. He, he, I wasn't surprised at all. I mean, he respects strength. so He'll take actually, a shot at anything. It's not even strength. He'll take a shot at literally anything. But but seriously, okay, Serena, who beat him in the Nadam, technically, you know, and then Yastola, who hands down beat him, like, he respects strength more than anything, I think. Like, he's not going to take, like, a a dainty woman. Like, he wouldn't, he probably would make a run at least if she beat him. But, yeah, a strong woman. That's a strong one. That's why, I mean, they might be from different tribes, but him and Sadu are really the couple that are made for each other right there. Mm -hmm. That's that's a match made in heaven. They just don't know it yet. Or hell, I guess, in their case, because that's that sure is hell, not heaven. But, you know, Magni's got to let her know how he feels. He's a romantic, you know. Talks about how, oh, you know, I was I always thought maybe my moon wasn't here in the Ozim Steppe. And maybe it was someone outside the Zela tribes. He goes through this whole poetic will you be my moon sequence. And how does she rebuttal? How does Ishtola rebuttal? I am not interested, little son. Come back when you're a man. With a smile on her face, she just looks at him. She's like, no. <laughs> little? little son. I want to know what that seems like in other languages. Little? Little? <laughs> he's so, he's so <laughs> shattered. In that moment, Mag, you, you could see the moment his heart left his chest. You can just see and it. then, And then Sadu just pours it on. Little son. Little son. And, and then we start World off. War Three between the fucking Zela tribes. And then Ishtol is like, yeah, we, we, we don't have time for this. And just walks straight. She, she literally them. walks between them. They're like, I'm going to kill you. And she's like, all right, I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm out. That's it. Ishola's like, listen, they tried killing me at the beginning of this expansion. I got no airtime since then. I'm, I'm fucking making my, my time known here. For about an hour and then, you know, some other shit's going to happen. But that was, that was a wonderful main story sequence. The whole thing. Yes. I was wondering where they were going with the steps since the trailer. Because we saw House of the Crooked Coin, but we really had no fucking idea what it was actually going to boil down to. I don't know if you guys did. I mean, we had our suspicions, didn't we? I mean, we knew that Sadu and Magni, clearly there was going to be a fight. Yeah, but we knew that the House of the Crooked Coin had to be some kind of elegant generator or you know something to that effect yeah we knew we, we knew it was going to be important it was in the trailer mm. i didn't see the rest of the sequence playing playing out like this both in comedy and execution especially with, again with the role play action kind of shocked me mm. at this point though i still feel like it's been a pretty standard patch you know we got we we suddenly we got alligans involved you know that's that's new we know some stuff is amiss 
We now have Ether flowing back to the burn, which is interesting because does that do they do we Oh go no unintended consequences there, no. Well <laughs> None I, I'm also just curious, does that mean like expansion wise, by the time we get to the expansion, is is there ether there? Is there is there more life there? Like has it Yeah, it's like things are gonna be starting to grow there again. I I wouldn't be surprised if quickly? we that quickly though? Yeah, yeah, it'll happen pretty quickly. Um, hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if we start to, well, if we, if we like return to that zone or if things start to come out of that zone, right? Suddenly thro throwing a bunch of ether in there, maybe the monsters that are, are still there are going to start, you know, feeding on that. I don't know. Maybe, maybe zone eater gets revived as a result. Zone eater is that. Yeah. For those who don't know old final fantasy mm. boss, final fantasy six. If I recall, he's the one where he eats you and then you go into his stomach and you find uh, what's his face. Yeah, old mate. Old, is that what you call him? Go, old you mate. call Go Go old mate? I call everyone old mate. Yeah, well, yeah, that's just you. So, yeah, we've got that. Now that's something worth talking about because we might, I mean, it's worth remembering that when we revisit dungeons after the story, we're using the echo to relive those experiences so like chronologically something can happen after mm -hmm. that that changes it and still not affect the dungeon itself so you can't just be like oh it's a dungeon that can't change it so we could technically go there as a zone in the yeah, next totally. expansion yeah so i'm wondering if we will though because if it's just life that means like what we'd be making a forward outpost or something yeah it's i mean it's tough isn't it yeah, so, like what, so, what are you going to do there? You're like, other than other than a scouting outpost or something, because it's not gar Garleans aren't going to do shit. Well, I don't know about that. So the 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 reason we're um, activating the, the House of the Crooked Coin and disabling the House of the Crooked Coin, perhaps might be a bit of a better term for it, um, to restore Ether to the burners, because the the Garleans, since they raised Rabanasta, they don't have enough fuel to reach Offard in one trip so you, without without going directly over the burn um so you're saying so, that the burn is going to be a new refueling post in, or they want it know, to be it's not, it's not going to be a new refueling post so much but we but basically we're setting up a massive um force field there to prevent the elegance from flying through it um so that they can't take that direct route and and invade the uh, doma again but um you know, there's nothing stopping the Allegans from launching like a land invasion on that uh, that Allegan facility in the burn, is there? No, nothing. I mean, there's, there's just like, yeah, there's just the only people that are there, are, uh, you know, Garland Ironworks. They're not really going to be able to hold it and defend it. I, I just think it would seem kind of strange if the Garlands didn't try and take that outpost. I mean, that's people are suspecting the next expansion that we're going to have something like that with the new fate system they introduced in uh, the rising event, where it kind of more directly chains them together. We're kind of hoping for some sort of dynamic zone fates that adjust mm. the way the zone actually behaves. So perhaps that could be mm. that could be one of the first key points that we hit. Could be. Could be possible. Yeah. Anything there? Yeah, it could be. Um, but with this now that we have this barrier that's essentially being erected in the burn with the ether, with mm -hmm. the Allegan tools, trying to replicate mm -hmm. the barrier that was around Azislaw, specifically the one that we needed the shit that was inside Bismarck to actually reach. 
mm-hmm. now now we're feeling a little bit safer. You know, Doma's feeling Doma's feeling a little safer. So you know, we've hit that point in the story. We're like, yeah, we did what we were supposed to do. We did it. We're heroes. Yay. Yeah. Not for much longer. Because <laughs> this is where everything starts to come apart. Like, it was already mm-hmm. happening with the burn, but now they're, they're, they're 2.55 in us again. Because we know this shit's not going to fucking kill anybody, but... Mm, yeah, well, probably not. Probably not. I guess we can't say that for certain. Right. But uh, we go to that meeting between the different leaders. They're all talking. We're all talking about how to deal with the Garleans because obviously they're getting riled up a little bit. Ass and Assian, you know, giving orders. You know, at this point, everyone is pretty convinced Xenos is being controlled by an Assian. I'm glad it didn't take them fucking three patches to figure it out like it normally does. Like, huh? Right. I wonder what could possibly be happening. I don't know. Guess we'll wait till someone in the game tells us. No, they figured it out as soon as, like, Xenos is alive. That's an Assian. <laughs> Even the in-game characters are like us at this point. Just like, it's an Assian. I don't, I don't need to be told. Yeah. That's just what it is. Um, but some shit goes pretty sour at this, uh, mm. at this event. Dancred suggests that we start spreading rumors throughout the empire that Anassian is controlling one of their leading bodies to, you know, create civil unrest because mm-hmm. the Garleans are pretty against all that shit. And uh, as soon as that suggestion is accepted, all of a sudden the scions that are present there, Than Kredish, Tola, Alice, and us, we start to, I'm going to say the equivalent of having a seizure. And we start hearing a voice. And they're all freaking out. As they hear this voice. And then at the end of it all, Thancred passes out, to which we'll we'll talk about in a little bit. So what was our first thought here with with, with this event? We'll go ahead and determine that uh Connie Senna officially calls it being called, which is the idea of like your ether almost being, I suppose, ripped out to communicate, or like the communication is like pulls on your ether and then it can pull you're, too hard. You're... Anima is being separated from your yeah. body. So that way you can communicate right. with somebody else's anima, pretty much. So I want to know what you guys think is going on before before I start. Sly, I'll let you go first. Well, obviously, it's a, it's a warning. The question is, from whom? We know what the warning is dealing with. Like, it's obviously Zodiac. I don't think that's that obvious. I don't think it's obviously anything in particular. Yeah. I think they're setting up. I think they're really setting up for it. Now, again, I call it a warning. The question is, who is the warning from? People are saying the warrior of darkness. Now, the only issue I have with that is, correct me if I'm wrong, but the warrior of darkness is on another shard, correct? He's also supposed to have died, like fully died when he went back. He's supposed to have, not to say he did. Well... He's they got said the echo, so he can't he can't fully die. That's that's yeah, the thing. So, yeah, so that's, being, a, that's the only dead, thing. Yeah, being dead means that your anima is separated from your body, and that your anima sort of disintegrates and disperses. But someone with the echo, their anima doesn't do that. It just it doesn't need a body. It just stays intact. So right. the warrior of darkness being dead just means that he's his soul is drifting around in the ether somewhere around the first shot. Okay. And you have to come a pretty long way to, to get our attention. Not that he right. hasn't done the trip before. 
I mean, he has assistance. He does have some pretty pretty reliable assistance in this case. Right. Um, right. Um, my other thought is like descent among Asians. There could be an Asian who is kind of on our side, but I think that's kind of far fetched, in my opinion. So it can go maybe one of. I say one of two ways. What do you say? I think there's probably about six different ways this goes minimum. And okay. there's a lot <laughs> of possibilities when it comes to it. So, okay. first, so first of all, there's the quote itself here is kind of the first thing you want to look at. You know, you can think about who the voice is from, why they're, why they're reaching out to us. Blah. But looking at the mm -hmm. quote itself, um, it's a quote that's eerily similar and in Japanese word for word uh, taken from Final Fantasy Tactics Final Dungeon. Uh, which, considering the the Asians are named after the Silence of Light and Ivalice, I don't think that's it. Wouldn't be too much of a surprise in regards to now, that. Which quote are you referring to? It's the throw throw wide uh, throw wide the gates that we may pass quote. Yeah. So, so um, ahead looms a command calamity. All that. Yeah. 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 Ahead looms light. Uh, you know, the all consuming light. All that stuff. But the mm -hmm. big thing here is, and this is probably. The one that's, I hope it doesn't happen, but the quote okay. Eon become instant is the one that concerns me because Eon time. is, is a, is a, is a reference of, of time. time. Yes. Mm -hmm. We were talking about that. So yeah. You need to take that in context. Yeah. It's, it needs to be um, taken in context, but it's still a scary term to start hearing when it comes to the idea of history must be changed. Eon become instant yada 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 so what do you think is going on here mike what do you think is happening? i i i'm in the boat that it's the warrior of darkness his anima in some way his anima can only communicate with us in this sort of way it can't physically communicate with us um mm. that does leave the question of what's happening to the others it's assumed that's mm. just a it's just because they're being called it's not, almost not malicious but it mm. seems mm. It, it's not so much malicious but the warrior of darkness always did his actions under the pretense that they did everything right the first time and, every, and everything was still mm -hmm. lost. And now mm -hmm. we're doing everything right. And we're going to lose our shit. So they don't care how they how they do it. Mm -hmm. But they need to stop mm -hmm. it from happening again. So mm -hmm. it's up in the air whether the loss of the anima of three scions at this point is malicious or not. But at the very least, it's preventative. My mm -hmm. bigger thing to yeah, lock onto here is the, is the Twin Dooms comment. Because Twin Dooms has a few different meanings. I've seen a few different interpretations. For me, the two biggest dooms are Heidelin and Zodiark. Because Heidelin is causing trouble by trying to overflow everything with light, and Zodiark's trying to cause shit to go really wrong to bring back the balance of darkness because Heidelin's light is so strong. And they're mm -hmm. both a fucking menace to mortal life, pretty much, at this point. Because they're both... It's more like a struggle for power between the two of them than it is, oh, light is good, or darkness is bad, kind of thing. Uh... And then on top of that, Twin Dooms. Yo, Alice and Alphano have been twins. We've been looking at them for a while. They, these two fuckers have been integrated in everything that we've been doing. And they've been pushing their agenda on us for a pretty long time. That's taking it very literally. It is. Literally. It is. But I'm saying that since they showed up, the rate at which things have propelled towards mm -hmm. either absolute light or have, have kind of propelled towards absolute light 
has mm-hmm. become exponentially faster. Now, I will okay. give you this. Aren't they the first, one of the first people we see? They're the literally the on the fucking thing with the guy. The, the little carriage, yeah. little wagon with the guy. That would be a hell of a setup. Honestly. Like, I, I don't want to believe it, but that would be a really fucked up setup if it were kind of in reference to that. Okay. Go further. Well, and you I th- think that they're, they're like Asians or something. <laughs> I wouldn't say they're Asians. I almost like, think like they're unwilling agents of Heidelin in a sense that like push her her agenda more so all? than they realize. Yeah, I mean to be fair, the Warrior of Light is yeah, that's what, he's yeah. a he, he's a direct yeah. he's a direct sort of representation. But we don't really we don't really have an agenda. We follow their agenda. We follow everyone else's agenda mm-hmm. that's not ours. We just go to problems and what we're told are problems and fix them. We get involved. And it's always mm-hmm. Alpha No or Alice A being like, no, we need to go do this. No, we need to go do that. This needs to happen. That needs to happen. Unwitting agents that that guide us through, you know, Heidelin's mm. agenda. So you're, you're mm. really jumping on this twins thing, huh? I, I, I'm, I'm in one of those two boats. It's either, Zo- okay. it's either referring to Zodiac and Heidelin or it's referring directly to Alpha No and Alice A. Okay. All right. Hmm. Um. I I think that the popular theory at the moment is that it's the warrior of darkness speaking to us, and it does sound a lot like Albert's voice. Um, mm. I'll give you that. But we're making the assumption that whoever's talking to us is also the person that's causing that um, that calling. Yeah, that's what I'm Carney operating under the assumption of, yeah. Yeah, so... Arbert has a pretty good understanding of the echo. He he knows that right. something like that could be done to us without a huge amount of risk. Why doesn't he just talk to us? Why is he why does he do it to all the scions when he's causing such a, a, a massive risk of the, the other scions to actually, you know, die as a result or be unable to return to their bodies as a result? Um, I, I think the that we sh- we shouldn't we shouldn't be assuming that it's Arbert that is doing that. I think we've got we've got one precedent. We've got one president only to work on for what's happening here, for what's literally happening here. Um, and that's uh, Aulis and his soul extraction and his experiments on us in Alamigo. Um, my, my word, this data, I, I must share these findings. Um, that is the only precedent that we have for what is literally happening here. If we follow that precedent, I think it's possible that the Garlands are developing a way to attack the Scions remotely by literally ripping their souls out of their bodies. And that perhaps Arbit is just taking advantage of that uh, to send us a, a warning. Maybe it's just his timing is just fortuitous. I think that's quite possible. I, I do I do think that it probably is Arbor. It does sound a lot like his voice. So he says, a head looms light, expunging all form and life. That just immediately... Um, screams Arbor. Yeah, it screams Arbor. It makes us think of, you know, the, the doom that he was trying to forestall on, on the first, right? Right. Yeah. Um, he's saying history must be changed. It, 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 again, the timing with this, it seems that it's almost implying that if we go ahead with uh, with Thancred's plan, 
and if we do succeed in destroying the Asians and and you know uh, excising the 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 seed of chaos from the Galian Empire, that we will cause a flood of light, and that we can't allow that to happen. Yeah. Um, twin dooms only you can forestall. So it seems like it seems like on one hand we've got this flood of light that's going to occur. Um, if we go ahead with this plan. But if we don't stop what Elidibus and Solus are doing here, then we've got another calamity on the horizon. That's why I went with Heidelin and Zodiark as the first most prominent guess. Because either way, we're screwed on one end of the foot or the other. Yeah. So this 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 is a really, really tough one. Um, and maybe this brings us to, you know, the, the supposed title of the expansion and the theme of the expansion being Shadowbringers. Um, but, uh, it, it almost seems like this warning is implying that we actually need to facilitate a calamity. We need to allow a calamity to happen in order to prevent this flood of light. Um, and the way we would go about doing that, I suppose, is kind of in the way that Louis Soir sort of, I wouldn't say necessarily facilitated, but the way he sort of allowed and subsequently mitigated the previous calamity was like, well, it had to happen. You know, we got to do it to him, but let's see if we can do it without destroying all of civilization in the process. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's almost like so calamity that, now, light. Yeah. N- now, one small question. Mm-hmm. Um, only you. Is he speaking to all the scions or to the warrior of light? I'd speak to all of them. I, I, yeah, I mean, he's speaking to all, he's speaking to us like as a faction, but at the same time, he's like specifically speaking to the Warrior of Lies and he is the agent here. Um, yeah. It kind of bothers me that it almost seems like even if he is talking to the rest of them, it's like they can't make out the words because they just keep yeah, saying right. they heard a voice. They, yeah, they, they, they're they never, not sure what exactly they heard. Yeah. Because well, they, right. they don't have the echo. They, yeah. they can't maintain that sort of uh, that clarity, um, if you will. With their with their soul extracted from their body, that would be you know incredibly disoriented, right. incredibly painful. Whereas for us, it's like, oh yeah, all right, whatever. We're not we're not disintegrating. We're not having our soul ripped apart as a result of this. It's just like, well, this is a little bit uncomfortable and awkward. Um, so the next thing he says, let expand, contract, eon become instant. People are focusing on the eon become instant. They're like, oh shit, time travel. Oh no, you need to take this whole line in. Um, in context, we're talking about a compression. First of all, expands contract the compression of, of, of space and eon become instant a compression of time. What we're talking about here is a rejoining. Makes let sense. let compression happen. Let compression specifically of space and time happen. Let a rejoining occur. That's what a rejoining is. It's the compression of one dimension into another. Um, like that's that's the technical term for it. It's di- dimensional compression. Right, so that's that's why I'm thinking it, it's sort of implying that at least according to whoever is saying this, they they believe that we need to uh, allow uh, a rejoining, allow a calamity. We have to facilitate it. Throw wide the gates that we may pass. Well, if a rejoining does occur, then it would pre- be presumably rejoining the first to the source, and subsequently all the ether of the first 
to the source and subsequently allowing the warrior of darkness and all of his compadres to return to the source. Yeah. And it also pans in with another point that we kind of, when we were talking about house of the crooked coin, we kind of uh, jumped past this and it's brought mm -hmm. up, I think mm -hmm. right after Thancred's soul is, is ripped from his body in a sense. Uh, when we mm -hmm. go to speak to Urdeon J, it's revealed that across all of Eorzea, there are just spots where ether is, either being halted or just being drained slowly. It's kind of similar to what the House of the Crooked Coin was doing to the burn. That has yeah. no proximity to primal summoning. The the ethereal, basically the, the density of the land's ether is is thinning, um, which I, I think some people take to, to represent a, a kind of thinning of the membrane between the dimensions as well. But basically it's the exact same phenomenon that was uh, observed um, immediately before the seventh umbral calamity. Yeah, it's it's when uh, all the etherites started turning off and all the void scent started mm -hmm. invading in. Uh, yeah, it's drawn. Mm -hmm. It's in game drawn comparison wise immediately to that. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. But as also, if it is going to be a rejoining, I mean that that's what the idea of the rejoining is. You know, that's that's what they're trying to cause. So if there is a calamity on the way, then it makes perfect sense. Or and if we're supposed to allow the calamity, mm -hmm. then makes even more sense. Mm -hmm. I think we're getting ready for the cataclysm of Final Fantasy fourteen again. Where they're gonna rework yeah, all the old zones that. and shit at this point. Oh, I hope yeah. they do. I don't know if they're gonna rework all the old zones, but man, I hope they do. That's a lot I don't think that's 5.0 though. I think I think that's that's a plot. I think that's by 6. 5.0 I feel like would be too soon for that to happen. I feel like there's so much we haven't seen yet that the idea of reworking the old shit before you even see all the new shit is kind of I feel like what we've done at the house of the crooked coin will help stall that a little bit and help mitigate that a little bit. That's that's restoring a shitload of ether into the lands. Um into one Based. specific area though yeah yeah but it's all it's all connected that's the thing it's it's like it's like um it's like we've had a tourniquet around one of our around one of Heidelin's limbs for the past five thousand years i mean even just thinking of the ether that's actually in the land to the north of there i mean it would cut off that ether from the rest of the ether of the world wouldn't it mm -hmm. in a sense like maybe yeah. that's why garlands are so mm -hmm. ether starved as a race they've been since elegant times, they've lacked exposure to new ether flowing yeah. into their land. That's actually a really interesting point. Maybe, maybe it's such like a major uh, ley line that it, it's literally like starving Ilzabad of its like main kind of flow of ether. It's possible. I hadn't thought of that, but that that might be reading into it too much. But at the same time, that's that's a pretty interesting idea. I'll just keep that in my pocket of of potential yeah. things. That's what I'll do. Yeah, yeah, you should. All right, um, and that's that's kind of like what I say. All that's kind of what makes this so exciting. I feel like of all the times we've had a lot of questions after a main story patch, these are probably the most exciting questions. They're the ones with the most impacts, yeah. the most potential impact. I think. If we haven't even gotten to the one with the most impact yet, the ultimate revelation that I think shocked every—I don't, there, I don't think there's a single Everybody. person. Everybody. I think we, we we all had an inkling of some involvement, but not to mm -hmm. the degree that we actually were exposed to here. 
Um, mm. So after after that meeting, Connie Senna explains what being called is. You know, we we go to see mm. Urianje. He explains the ether starved uh, parts of the world unrelated to primal summoning. Um, mm. We lose uh, Ishtola and Urianje to the call to being called as well. Same voice. Mm. We still haven't lost Alice. Of course not. And Alpha, no, it's unknown if he's being affected at all because we never see him on screen while it's happening. Right. Um, but then we, we go into a few end sequences here after after everyone's been affected by the call, right. you know, by the calling, by all this, the, all these questions that we have. We go to the scene from the trailer where uh, you hear Xenos talk about, you know, the uh, the popularis. Wait, wait, and wait, how... wait, wait, wait. What? I think you're skipping over one. OK, like, go, small for detail. Like, go for it. And. And, and and to me, I don't know the purpose of the visit, but to Lenosia and visiting Gabu. I, that was so fucking stupid. We just said he I, didn't. I don't know why that happened. I don't know the significance. Why were we visiting Gabu? What does he have to do with he, anything? He better why? be fucking Heidelin as a as a cobalt or some shit for me to have wasted my time going over there. No, he's not hiding as a cobalt. He's a, he's a precedent for. Um, I think I think he's going to be. He's a, not a Chekhov's gun, though. He, he, no, he's, he's not. Nothing. He's not a Chekhov's gun. I think I think that he. So what what is it we do with tempered people historically when people are tempered? Kill them. Yeah, we we put them to right. death because there's Gabu nothing, was a special case. Gabu, I think, serves as a precedent that it can be reversed somehow. That there is some way to to cure or reverse it. And I think that mm. that's going to become salient again in the coming patches. And we just needed to be like reminded of that, basically. Uh, all I'm saying is that it better come to something. Because if that's yeah, one of those well, plot of points. It always comes to something. But uh, but it, I no need to know it's coming to something soon. Because again, the whole Ishtola Fancred thing's like being abandoned now for like three years. It's kind of like when they first brought up Omega and we're just like, cool. Mm. And then it was gone for like three years. And then Nero's just like, well, you guys know what to do. We need Omega. And it's just yeah. like, but okay. That's, that's exactly the thing. Like, there's no, there's no dead ends in this game, and there never has been. Right. I just want to see something so come to this because I was like, okay, hi, Gabu. Oh, he looked up, so there's hope for him. Got it. Mm. That was it. Yeah, I, I thought that was really disappointing. I thought, like, maybe, well, what's the significance of this? What does it have to do with anything that's going on? So at this, you're saying it's a kind of semi setup for something in the future. Yeah, of course it is. Maybe. Yeah. I hope so. Listen, that kid's got no parents. They died. Mm-mm. Yep. He's he's got no. He doesn't think he has any friends. He's fucked up in the head. He's halfway between tempered and not tempered, in my opinion. And I don't really feel like I learned anything new about Alice in that sequence. She's just mopey. Yeah. I didn't feel like she developed anything from going to see oh, Gabu. I, think, she I just... think it's character building for her. I think it is. I don't think she's acting any different or any... I don't think she's built anything. Maybe she will build something from this at some point. She, she thinks that basically... All of her friends, all the people that she looks up to in times of crisis have gone into comas, basically, and she's all on her own. And it's just kind of showing that she's capable of, like, picking herself up. I, I feel like I've done this with her already. 
I did. The, I dealt with her pick, learning to pick herself up in Coil, where she thought she needed yeah Louis Swa the whole time. Yeah, but that wasn't MSQ, was it? No, but she still. But no. she refers to it because I did it. Yeah, she does refer to it. Yeah, but there's a lot of people. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of like people that hadn't done Coil. They never really met Alize or had anything to do with Alize before Stormblood. Really? No. Yeah, but I feel like I've, that's the problem for me. I've, I feel like I've already had this moment with her. I feel like <laughs> that's, that's that's their problem. That's us. <laughs> Go do coil. That's their problem. Go unsync yeah. that shit, and you'll you'll understand how I feel. Yeah, exactly. There, there you, you go. go. Coil was like the MSQ follow up to one point X. So if you want to say you've done all the MSQ, you oh, gotta Coil's go MSQ. Coil. Yeah, Coil's MSQ. Uh, Warring Triad is MSQ. Yeah. Crystal Tower is MSQ. Every, everything is MSQ, all right? Yeah. Coils. Four Lords? No, not no, Four Lords. Not Four Lords. <laughs> we even agree Damn. on that. No, no not Four Lords. Not four, Lord, nah, four Lords is not MSQ. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we so we come to we come to this scene after after we had our moment with Gabu where we see Xenos talking to Varus. Varus won't say shit. Mm. And if you somehow already were like still doubting Xenos was just Elidibus in his fucking body, there's mm-hmm. no point in doubting it because he literally shows the scene where he took his mask off at this point. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's no question that it's it's pretty funny though, because now I imagine Xenos' face on the tiny Elidibus body standing next to Varys. <laughs> it's yeah, just like... right. It's so weird, isn't it? <laughs> and it's just it just makes me laugh. I was laughing when that scene happened because I was just thinking of this the big head on the Well, he probably just had a bit of like muscle atrophy from being dead for several weeks. Nah, I'm sure they took his body within days. As soon as that shit was in the ground, they took it. No doubt. And I we all kind of think the scene's gonna end after Xenos walks away. You don't you could almost see Varys mm. sort of showing contempt for Asians at this point in mm. such a way mm-hmm. that he was already showing it before, but now it's like, you know what? I know what the Asians want me to do, and I'm not going to do it. Like, if I'm mm-hmm. going to do it, I want it to be my decision. He feels like he's a puppet at this point, kind of. You get mm-hmm. that feeling while Xenos is still on the screen and while he's walking away. You confirm it when the follow-up to that happens. A young, lively gentleman walks out from behind the throne with a question mark, question mark, question mm-hmm. mark over his nameplate and refers to uh, Varys as his grandson. And that's when I just say no. 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 You going what's what's his no. name? What's what's the movie where go, where what's his name? I can't remember the actor's name. Uh, Tracy Morgan. Tracy Morgan. Tracy no. Morgan. No. 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 Hell no. 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 That I was my no. exact reaction no. to that like no. 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 <laughs> No, no. And then you oh see the nameplate. Uh, if you doubted it, as soon as because here's the thing: he says grandson, and then they don't show the nameplate till he says grandson a second time, which is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But it's none other than Solace, and he says a quote that shakes up everything. When starting with the burn, we already knew some shit was being lied to. We didn't know we were being lied to this much. At this, I'm sure you have the quote. What does he say to Varys? Uh, okay. 
Let me find it for you. He has it. I know he does. I was watching him take screenshots on his stream. Uh, if what threatens bounds, twixt light and dark force, you remove it. That is why the Empire exists, why I built it. Um, pity is bliss, blah, blah, blah. The founding father was an Asian, and he created the Empire solely for the purpose of sowing the seeds of chaos. That's it. The Empire was has literally been Asians. We thought the Asians were just gonna be there and like controlling. Oh no, yeah, we we thought they were gonna be playing puppet master here. We yeah. didn't know it was created by Asians. We thought it was probably La Habrea, like puppeteering Solace mm -hmm. the whole time. So, do you, do you guys have any thoughts? Is there anything to say um, before I go on a narrative? Uh, primal summoning and killing primals was has never fucking been the point. They just they, they, they don't they never wanted to quell primals being summoned. They never really wanted that shit. It was never mm. the goal of the empire. Mm. They lied about everything. All their people have no idea. They're fucking clueless. They'll all side mm. with us once they fucking find it all out. We're good. Okay. It makes and the how the fuck did Solace have a have a grandson? Well, I didn't see a problem with that. No. How did he go yeah. about that? Keeping keeping that shit a secret. It makes All the right. whole Zeno situation a lot more brighter. Makes it understands why the fucking Asian took his body as soon as he lost it. He's like, well, exactly. that's kind of that's kind of mine already anyway. So I'm just gonna take that <laughs> real quick. <laughs> let's let's start at the beginning with the Garlands, okay. right? We, we have this small, uh, underrepresented, uh, ethereally inept, and subsequently, you know, much, much weaker than other races, um, small subsect of, of heroes that may or may not have been genetically engineered elegant slaves. But at one point had, you know, a decent slice of authard to themselves. Um, that got invaded and pushed north and invaded and pushed north and invaded and pushed north until they were in the frozen north of Ilzabad and the shittiest part of the whole bloody planet, um, you know, with this long history of being invaded and oppressed and conquered by, by other people. Um, and then someone comes along and shows them Magic. where... Yeah, shows them where Ceruleum is, teaches them some elegant secrets, and says to them, hey, we don't have to put up with this. If you guys really want, we can actually conquer all of these jabronis. Basically weaponizes their, their history of, uh, of, of, of oppression um, and forms from it this, this uh, hyper-nationalism, which allows them to form an empire. Man, this sounds like what they what happens with the uh, the beast tribes multiplied thousand a thousandfold, where they're oppressed and and mm. sheltered into corners, small pockets of the world, and mm. made desperate enough. Man, that sounds familiar. Mm. It only spawned the entire empire. Yeah, it does sound like 1930s Germany, and that's not a coincidence. Um, and then the the emperor sort of you know finds and identifies you know, a handful of other uh, ambitious warriors um, that don't really have any kind of 
aligning goals other than conquest and send them out to do their own thing. Um, eventually they stumble upon this, this massive area, um, which is completely devoid of ether. And people ask Solace, oh my goodness, what happened there? What caused it? And he says, ah, yes, it was primals. It's because people believe in gods. Look how powerful this belief is. Look, look how, how magnificent a weapon is. We got to make sure that nobody can use that. You hear, you hear that everybody? Don't use this weapon against us. It's too powerful. We will have to stop you. Um, we've been making the point since A Realm Reborn, and it's a point that we finally got across to Gaius, that the Garland policy against primals is what causes primals. Yeah. It's what inspires the beast tribes to summon primals, is the, the empire's uh, institutionalized fear of primals, the fact that they're so, so big and powerful, and yet they're so worried about this, you know, this, this secret summoning technique and, and the amount of uh, trouble and chaos that it can cause. So Solace's uh, anti-primal policy perpetuates the summoning of primals and subsequently the, the, uh, the escalation of, of chaos uh, across the world. So Solace creates these conditions um, where he can basically sit on the top and watch his legatuses, you know, traipse around the world, you know, causing wars and, and, and sowing chaos and really doesn't have to do anything about it. Um, he grows old, he has children, he creates a dynasty, um, his, his model body dies. Um, he makes sure that he doesn't elect uh, an heir so that this empire, you know, creates even more chaos by having a, an internal civil war, a war of succession. Um, that's going great. Everything's going as planned. Um, and then Varus wins and Varus starts to kind of democratize things a little bit. And Varus allows this, this faction or the, the populares to sort of get his ear a little bit. And um, suddenly Garlemald is becoming slightly less chaotic and, that's not good. And no, it's Elidibus, not for that. Elidibus, Elidibus basically needs to call Solace back out of retirement. <laughs> yeah, they just, is that, is that just Solace as a young man? Or is that another body? What is that? I, we don't, I, I mean, it could be another body, but he sort of replicates it so easily. Yeah, he literally gets shot, loses the body, and then just goes, no, I still, this is mine still. I, just I mean, he can form another body out of your time and a yeah. waste of mine. He just time. really likes that look. Why have him going yeah. through the trouble of dying? Like, I mean, he just goes through the trouble of dying to so chaos. But what was his plan after? He was just going to watch. Like, what was he? What was yeah? His next well, step? They, that's the, a pretty big job, next step. Job done. I mean, the, the thing is, like, the the Asians, as we know, they're all about like creating the conditions where they suddenly don't have to interfere and the world will kind of tear itself apart, right? Um. So he he created this system and then you know, created a, a sort of a dynasty um, and he could just like sit back and watch and really didn't have to interfere. You know, he could focus on, on other things, on his side projects or whatever. Um, yeah, it was only, it was only as a result of Varus who we've been thinking has been like, you know, the one that's been like uh, detracting from Solus's plan and, you know, he's kind of, greedy and manipulative and you know he's kind of going in the wrong direction it turns out that he's the one that wants to give power to people and he's the one that sort of 
been trying to quietly subvert this this ASEAN plan. Um, and as a result, Elidibus is like, no, we need to get we need to get Daddy Solace back in here. Yeah, because because Elidibus walks up to him and he says, literally, just say that we can attack and we'll be there immediately. Yeah. And he yeah. won't say it. He's just like, I'm not. I'm not part of it. He Varus is very slowly becoming on our like. I mean, at this point, it's pretty much confirmed. Him and I, him and us are kind of aligned in interests. Yeah. Well, he's he says a, he's an unknowing ally at this point. Man, man is the master of his own destiny, and that's that's the myth that what the Garlean Empire has been all about is the rejection of of gods and and deities and you know fatalistic controlling forces and and the the Garlean sort of you know, taking their own destiny in their own hands. Of course, that's a complete lie. But well, it's, something still Varys, it. it's something that Varys still believes. Something Gaius believes in too? Yeah, it was something that Gaius believes and Gaius thought that Solus believed. So he sort of born into the myth. And this also explained, which is something that's, that, you know, has always confused us, is why Gaius was so trusting of La Habrea despite knowing who and what La Habrea was. Because Solus just said, hey, yeah. trust this guy. yeah. Yeah, he would have trusted La Habrea implicitly because he had such respect and reverence for, for Solace. Dude, yeah. everything comes together in such a way that I've never been so mind-blown at the end of a fucking story patch. Yeah, well, I mean, we've we've known or, or we've, you know, been certain the whole time that the Asians have been, again, sort of puppeteering the empire and steering the, the direction of, of history. They were doing it to the Allegans. Um, they've been doing it to everyone basically forever, but for Garlemald to be so directly an ASEAN venture and an ASEAN project, just everything makes sense in that context. Now, all, all of the apparent, um, uh, I guess paradoxes about Garland policy, um, and Garland culture suddenly all, make sense in this context that's a lot to put sense to yeah it's great it's really it's really really great i'd also like to point out that whoever is playing as arden i mean solace uh doing a fantastic job <laughs> it is fucking arden isn't it Just He's... straight up yeah it may not be darren DePaul, but it's arden uh, I, I feel pretty confident in saying that. He was a pleasure. Oh, I'm so glad they voiced that scene because uh, they always like voice half of them. They like, don't voice half of them. The scene after this, they don't voice, which we'll talk about in a second too because that's mm. also a very important scene. But this, mm. I'm glad they decided to voice this scene when they brought Solace onto the, uh, onto the field. Mm. And Solace approved of Project Meteor, which was Sid's project or Sid's mm. father's project. Mm -hmm. so like that makes sense which too. guys didn't agree with which is the first thing that that guys sort of like stood against solace on precisely because it was going to cause so much chaos and destruction whereas guys thought he was bringing order that's what he thought that's what he was trying to do that's what he was about that's what he's still about little yeah. did he know yeah he just he just had no idea yeah and and it adds so much more more weight to Gaius now. I mean, sure, we're still making the assumption, but guys, it's fucking Gaius. Listen, the Burns music was a remix of like yeah. the Praetorium's like. Yeah, it's literally a it's remix Gaius. of a Gaius song, as far as um, I'm concerned. Yeah, it, it adds so much more weight to him being an Asian hunter now. Is that like 
not only was it personal with Lahabre, it was personal with you know his his hero and surrogate father. I, Gaius has to know. Like he has to just know. I don't know. At this point. I don't know if he does. I I think I think he. The, I mean, he was mentioning. He was mentioning in the last patch that you know the the empire has been infected and that you know the inner the inner circle is basically controlled by the Asians. I think he still believes that Garlemald was at one point what he thought it was. I don't think he knows that Solus is an Asian. And I think that when he discovers that, that's going to be a really, uh, a really sort of climactic moment. They're setting Gaius up for a lot here. He is, oh, he yeah. is, he, we already knew he had to be important. If you're going to bring that guy back from the proposed dead, mm -hmm. he, he's got to be set up for big things. And he, the, the Garleans all are kind of being set up for kind of huge things. One that gets left behind in its entirety is the actual Xenos. Who is still inhabiting yeah. an Elizabeth body and yeah, is probably. on the heat the hunt. Who else calls it yeah. the hunt? Well, I, again, probably. Who else come on? Who else calls it the hunt? <laughs> oh no, I agree with you. I, I absolutely agree with you. Uh probably. He, he got left behind. So he's got it. We're looking forward to him in four point five, hopefully. Because he mm -hmm. I don't want him to just pop up suddenly in five. I want I want one more thing to happen with him at the very least before we bring ourselves into the next expansion. Um, the last scene after the Solace reveal is a, the scene with Gaius and Alphano, one that's in the trailer. And mm. uh, I want to give credit to Fusion X, who we had on the show two weeks ago, who, when he saw the bodies in the trailer, his first reaction was, I think that's the Black Rose. Mm. Hmm. That was his first assumption. He thought it was the biological weapon that we go through the quest line four in the fringes yeah credit credit to him because i when i first saw this scene i thought that basically something was happening with the burn where the burn was like <clears throat> where it was like expanding and starting to like kill and drain off other things um but yeah no it's 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 black rose and uh things are getting even more personal for guys at this point because uh, yeah. he's another project he was not really for was biological weapons because he was all about yep. dominant having like he's tried to stop meteor because he like, well, if, if this is successful, there won't be people there. There won't be a, a land to have. There won't be people to to command. There won't be people to protect mm -hmm. from from all of this. So uh, he's he's pretty pissed that they're using the Black Rose now as weapons against their own kind of all things, too. Which this is mm -hmm. why I think Gaius knows because I feel like the Asians, the Asians at least know he's killing Asians. So anyone they can stop who's affiliated with him. Gaius is of one sense. of the only people that knows that Black Rose exists. Yeah, he was one of the few people. He's not, he's mentioned by name in the quest line in the fringes, isn't he? Yeah. 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 Okay. So yeah, so it was um, basically a, a etheric chemist working for him for the 14th Legion that developed Black Rose's chemical weapon and did some tests. Basically, without guys really knowing, and he, and he shut it down, and he sort of destroyed all evidence of it and all record of it, and he he he, he uh, had the the basically everything destroyed. A couple of samples got got buried um, underneath the uh, the tree, the big the, the big yeah the big tree in the south of the fringes, yeah yeah. And subsequently, its fruit became like super super toxic, which the uh, Ananta Kalyana were actually starting to use against. Um, 
uh, several groups of people there. Anyway, there's there's a whole there's a whole long quest chain. It's worth in doing. The, yeah, which is absolutely worth doing for people who haven't done it. Um, associated okay. with Black Rose, it can give you some context for this. Isn't it also mandatory for the Anato Beast Tribes? I think it might be. I think it yeah, is. I think it might be. I think it might be compulsory for the Anato Beast Tribes now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Chat's saying it is. Mm. It is. It okay. is indeed. So if you skipped over okay. it, now you got to go back and actually, like, yeah, uh, yeah, you yeah. should boost another character, as Yoshi P would say, make a new character and play it again. Yeah, you want to do those single player MSQ instances? Make a new character. There you go. Especially the one with uh, Sadu and all the role playing ones with Magni and all that. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and this is a scene where we start to see kind of I, at this point, some something has ha things have happened off screen between Gaius and his comrades there. Mm -hmm. You know, they've they've been traveling. They have they've probably been communicating at some point. I don't think Alpha No knows it's Gaius yet. But at this point, he whatever Gaius has said or or in what he did back in the burn is Alphano's warming up to him in a way he warmed up to Estinian. Alphano is so dumb sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> like he he's 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 so smart sometimes and he's so dumb sometimes. Care to elaborate? As if you need um, to. No, I just, I just mean that like he's like a, a idiot savant. You know what I mean? Like sometimes he he does like this Sherlock Holmes kind of shit, and then other times he's just completely oblivious to things that are happening around him. I wouldn't say he's oblivious though, but like, he Listen, seems pretty are you saying, fucking oblivious about this, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, because here's the thing. I, like, like I was saying, it was pretty relieving to have everyone say, "Well, that's probably an Asian." And Alphano mm. is probably the one person I would not expect to make that assumption. Mm -hmm. Like every other character goes, it's got to be an Asian. Alphano is the one character where I feel like you go, man, what's the logic behind? Like, how could that possibly be? He's that guy. He's got a daddy fixation. Idiot. Yeah, and he's also and he's also he's lacking in father figure. I say Alice is the same way when you see her in Coil. They're like both. Oh, they both got daddy issues. Yeah, I mean, we don't know who their fucking dad even was. They all talk. They only talk about their grandfather. So we don't. We, as far as I'm concerned, they don't have a dad. But uh, Alphano just seems to really like glomming on to any sort of father figure in his life. And Gaius is his his Estinian's gonna show up, and be like, "No, he's my son," and that'll be 5.0. Well, you think that? <laughs> You think that guys is gonna fight with Miss Olivia for custody? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh my God. Yeah. And uh, unbelievable. It was. It was. It was a crazy. It's a crazy main story patch, man. Hmm. So, like, anything you want to add about these last few scenes? No, we pretty much touched on everything. Um. <sighs> What was I about to say? No, as far as my notes, we touched on everything. Jesus. No predictions, no anything. Um, in terms of solace, I don't know what the fuck solace is. I have, I really have no clue. Well, we kind of. 
like he's pretty transparent. He's isn't he? he he's transparent, but he's an Asian, so we know the Asian in game. Yeah. Now, but there's Asian in game, and then within the realm within within Garlemald, there's Solace's in game. I don't know if those two kind of coincide. Asians well, are pretty single minded. Yeah, I mean, we now understand that Solace's endgame for the Garlean Empire is to be this, um, you know, steamrolling force of of chaos and destruction for as long as possible and as much as possible. Well, the the it. the problem the problem is is that none of the Garlean, you know, citizens, even the ones in power aside from Varus, presumably, but probably basically no one else actually knows what the truth is. And all the Garleans themselves have different agendas and they're, and they're generally based on the lie that was fed to them about Solace. And another thing that comes back to mind, um, the pretty much the majority, uh, when I say majority, I mean like 99.9% of Garleans don't know that this is going on, Correct. It's yeah, literally, no I think, Varus and no one else. Like, maybe yeah. Gaius, but it's like Varus and nobody else. I, I don't think Varus would have known before he became in that room at the same time. Oh, they're they're fucking Asians. They're they're like minor Asians, you know, like like you like. Think so? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're like the ones that um, La Habrea, you know, sends after us early in the early in ARR, and the ones in the Summoner quest lines, and yeah. Nah, they're, they're totally just puppets. They're interns. Yeah, they're asking <laughs> interns. interns. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like That's that. Right. Okay. My hmm. only question is, if Elidibus is Xenos, then how the fuck is another Asian standing at the head? I mean, I know Elidibus is supposed to be a messenger. He's not really... His primary function is not to be as hands-on. He's supposed to be a messenger for Zodiac well, himself. Gallimold is Solace's <laughs> pet project. I mean, but, who, a, a, but which, but which Asian? Because Solace isn't an Asian name, and he's not a minor Asian, so he's one of the ones that's not dead yet. We don't know that it's not an Asian name. The the thing is, like, how how is an Asian made? It's been too long. If it's just tell us. Well, an Asian is just someone with the echo. That's all they are. There's no there's no difference so, between us and an Asian. An Asian is just someone with the echo who, you know, is in too- the employment of of that agenda two Asians love each other they no it's not it's not even that so like it 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 could be that he wasn't born an Asian. it could be that solace was born with the echo and you know discovered the 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 truth and sort of you know got converted by Elidibus. It could be that he's a, you know, Asian that's been around for thousands and thousands of years that just like, you know, possessed or, or, or took the body of a, of a young Garland with this, with this plan. Like we, we don't know. I don't think it's even really that important to be honest. Aloha. I hear you. I'll come get you in a second. Aloha. I just want to think it's one of the the ones that's named after the scion of scions of light, since they've been kind of the major Asians. Yeah, at this it, point. it probably is, but I I don't think it really I affects care. the story one way or the other. I care. Also, somebody in chat brought up it makes sense now why Varys spit on Solace's grave. Yeah, totally. Yeah, 
there's a lot you of know. things that made sense. Like I've been reading through chat as certain things. Like someone brought up how why like why would the Garleans fly the Agrius over Silver Tier? Of all well, things. Yeah, this this is a this is one that's come up a couple of times. And yeah, if Solus isn't asking, then Solus would know that Silver Tier represents, you know, the the sort of uh, thinnest part of the the live stream barrier and would know that Midgard Zorma was gonna be there. Um, and would know that, you know, subsequently there would be lots of primals and shit starting to be summoned all around Eorzea. But I'm not sure that that was even on Solus's orders. Wasn't that just Gaius acting on Gaius's own volition? I don't remember. It's been too long. The thing, the thing like, it, it is kind of weird that it would be specifically Mordona. Like, Mordona is nowhere near Girabanya. It's not really like a... a logical sort of invasion point of egress. So it does make sense that that would have been on Solace's command. It does make sense. So many things. I just we could just Every, everything just sort of falls into place now. It's so it's crazy. I want 4.5. I want it now. It's yeah, well, January is a little while away as well. Aloha, you little shit. Yeah. Gotta get through criminal. Being an asshole. Don't dig at the carpet. You're ruining my show. Aloha. There you go. Okay. So anyway, with that, I'm sure we could talk about the main story forever. I mean, if you want. We could. But (laughs) I think we should probably dive into some of the other story aspects here. Because there was Omega. There were four lords. Uh, Dome and Enclave we're going through right now. I've already seen a few things in the Dome and Enclave that I already know Ethos will ask about on Aerosivia, so now he won't ask about them in Aerosivia. Because I've made him aware that I'm prepared for them. Sly, what is the Rizai Juku? Go! The thing. Where is it and what, and, and what, what is it and why was it founded? Hey! Sorry, he's scratching at the carpet. Do not do Doman Reconstruction. <laughs> well, then you should. Because we're learning some things about the Doman history here. I'm ready for it. I'll be ready for that question, Athos. But I want him to get it first. And then I want to take the point from him. All right, okay. I'll make a mental note of that for yeah. you. Thank you. Thanks, You're welcome. Appreciate that, buddy. Oh, anytime. So... Let's go on to Omega next. Yeah, all right. I guess. All right. I suppose. Can can I can I just like um jump in and say that I've never felt more stupid than than during this Omega quest line? Why? When Why? We learned that the dragons came from the Dragon Star. <laughs> <laughs> That was that was, was a very, literal dragon was like, star. Yeah. Oh, they came from the dragon star. Oh shit! <laughs> so, for those of you who don't know, the the dragon star is a star that the Ishgardian astrologians um, basically track because it reveals things about the the movements of the Dravanian horde. Like, there's some relationship between the Dravanian horde and the dragon star. We're observing one will kind of like you know, help you predict things about the other. 
And that's that's what the Ishgardians have always called it. They've always called it the Dragon Star. We've known for a little while now that the dragons came from another star, but it never occurred to me that maybe they came from the Dragon Star. <laughs> <laughs> that that was one like, little revelation I'm sure you enjoyed. Oh, God. I felt so and stupid. And then there was the mention of um, a seven um, of Mindegard Zormer's uh, offspring. I forget where that was, but... Well, Omega it, refers to him at his full strength before he left the star. The dragon star, yeah. <laughs> yes, the dragon star. But Omega here, man... Omega's from a different star. He's not from the dragon star. No, no, no. Yeah, don't... Yeah, no. he, he, He's from he the had, Omega star. <laughs> He was trying to get back to the dragon. He was trying to get back to the to the Omega. God, it's just a, it's just a planet full of beetle shaped robots. Uh, That's it. His well, he's got. I thought that they were from the same star because like the the previous tiers of this kind of imply that they were from the same star and they sort of like fought over I guess supremacy of the star. But but it was whoever uh, you know the I, I guess whoever conquered Omega's planet um, was like invading the dragon star. Yeah, pretty much. And then Omega chased Midgard's armor to our star, and he has no... Well, Midgard's no- armor beat him, which yeah. we didn't know. We thought yeah. that Midgard's armor was, like, fleeing in defeat, but Midgard's armor kicked his ass. Hmm. And then Midgard's armor left, like, before he got a chance to sort of repair. Midi was like, all right, I'm out here. Yeah, and then he followed him to our star, and now he has no way of getting home. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, is Omega's plot in a fucking nutshell. Which was super mm. disappointing. Well, I, I think it was interesting that this, like, I guess, Goku prerogative, where he's trying to become more powerful by identifying, defeating more powerful enemies and sort of, you know, reconstructing himself based on the subsequent data. That, that was not his initial programming. His initial programming was to hunt and destroy Midgard's armor and then return. He's, he's having to execute this new program in order to make himself basically powerful enough that he can return home. Yeah. <clears throat> and uh, we learn this throughout, honestly, way too few cutscenes uh, to learn yeah. the kind of final plot of Omega here. He invites us back. He says, hey, we're going to fight Alpha. You're fucking worthless now. I sent him to lure you all in, which half of us, I'd assume, have predicted at that point. Because why the hell else was would Alpha have existed? And then he's and then he just observes us. He's like, I just don't understand how you keep winning. He just keeps saying it. He's like, stop winning. I you're not supposed to. My calculations say you can't win. And then you win. You beat the final guy, and he's just like, you know what? You need one more test. <laughs> Fucking recreates no, no, Midgard Stormer. Yeah, he's like, you know what? Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> and he wants to put you up against the only other creature that ever stood a chance against him. Pretty much. Mm. He puts you up against Midgard Stormer in his prime, who's much smaller. He looks a lot more yeah. like his children in that form, at the very well, least. He's a lot younger. That is true. He is much younger. He's, at, that he's at least tens of thousands of years lo- younger. Yeah. And he also just and he and at his young age he looks a lot more like his children, because yeah. you know he's straight up it's yeah. the model it's the same model that they use for Nidhog. Well, it's actually yeah I think it's like a straight up Midgard's armor face on like a Nidhog body, pretty yeah, much. Which is also the same skeleton they used for Rice Velga. 
Which is also pretty much the same as Bahamut looks like mm. in his, um, uh, you know, artwork of pre-primal Bahamut. Yeah. Like, There's... he looks a lot like Bahamut. Yeah. I mean, they're all his kids, so it's, you know, it was, yeah. did, a lot of people were like, oh, how unoriginal, and I'm like, what, you mean the father looks, the children yeah. looks like the father? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I would have never fucking guessed. Uh, but yeah we go through those first two fights and he's still just kind of having his internal crisis like no no he goes tracy morgan on us this is bullshit (laughs) hell no 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 and then he's just like well okay now i need to fight you because i should you know you know i need to learn i need to evolve just keeps repeating the same shit over and over again until he loses and then he could be. Then he's like, "Hmm. All right. Well, I learned from this. Time to erase everything." And you're just like, "Hello, I'm. G- I'm still here. Yeah. No, we'll get another one. See ya." If not for Alpha, like we're fucked. Alpha is the main character yep. here. And then we Alpha's get him. The one who saved us. Alpha's the one. I mean, to be fair, Sid saved us. He's the one who gave him the invisibility potion. So I'm giving the credit to Sid here. It didn't need to, we didn't need to be invisible. This was so dumb. <laughs> but if we weren't, Omega would have stopped him from stepping on that platform. No, and then there's no yeah. way we could do it. Omega didn't give a shit. He was like, you've been good test subjects. And unfortunately, this process is probably going to destroy you. But oh, well, like he didn't care. We didn't. This was unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'd say the most interesting part for me was actually where Sid's kind of having a crisis with himself with uh, with the technology he wants to use to beat Omega. That was probably the most interesting part for me. Yeah, because it's the lunar transmitter. Which is the same thing that caused his father and all of his subjects' demise at the hands yeah, of the meteor. Yeah, it's thing called Bojar Citadel. Yeah. Um, and the thing that, uh, that Nail replicated to actually call down... Uh, Dalamud. Yep. So we we knew that we weren't going to be able to beat Omega Mano e Mano, and that if we did, it would subsequently basically make every fight that we ever do in this game bullshit. Because if we if we beat Omega without nerfing it in some way, then like you know what, what like there's there's nothing that can beat us, right? Yeah. Um. So the way they explain it is that. Despite being able to fly through space for hundreds of years, Omega's apparently got really shit insulation and is like <laughs> super vulnerable to electrical energy. You want to know even more of- bullshit about that? You don't even mm. use the jammer on him. <laughs> no, you use you use no, the you jammer use to interrupt the his attack. Yeah, yeah, you use it. You use it to basically disrupt and 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 interrupt him. Is, is the way that, you use it on the fists you know, and to charge yeah. the platform. Yeah, but the way it's working canonically is that it it sort of disrupts his his attacks, his systems. Um. But yeah, so what what the lunar transmitter was literally doing was converting um, massive amounts of ether into electrical energy. So it's it, it's exactly the same as uh, the machine. That's the thing you wear on your hip. Um, is a is a converter. It converts your body's ambient ether into electrical energy. It's basically like that, but on a absolutely massive scale. That we use to destroy fists. Yeah, 
And we probably could have used like something else for this. We probably could have used like the ethereal RAM or the Tupsamati if we still had it or something like that. But we needed we needed something that could convert huge amounts of ether into electricity and yeah, give us a another Deus Ex Machina. Sly, did you care at all at this point about anything Omega related during the story? Because all I cared about was this one interaction with Sid and Nero. And Nero in general. I kind of cared at the end. I don't. When Why did we you care? done with the Aetherscape. Because it was kind of like yeah, it's kind of like a what the fuck moment. Um, when it said, you know, Aetherscape complete. It's, okay. it's, it's Alphascape. I mean, excuse me, Alphascape, excuse me, sorry. Um, yeah, when we were, like, once that happens and then we're in creation, like, why go to that point? Why go through all that trouble? He just wanted to go know, home. I, he was just E.T. He was just E.T. as a robot. He just wanted to go home. So what, what, what don't you understand about the about 012 creation okay so so basically he he realized that his um methodology was never going to give him any data on anima on what a soul was and what a soul was capable of so he decided that he basically needed to replicate our our form um Mm -hmm. in the hopes that somehow being human and being mortal would allow him to to understand what a soul was and how it worked and or, or or somehow replicate it and he failed to do so right and and like canonically i'd say he's probably less powerful in the form that he's in in 012 because he's made himself mortal yeah because he's adapting that's he, all he's doing he's just adapting he like you see it through the text and yeah uh, like when he when he's changing forms and everything you see all the text and I forget some of the text. But well, yeah, like, I think the very first thing he says to... is to understand your strengths. I must, I must inherit your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's what I think. That's what he says when you pull him in combat, and then he decides to try and understand life from the view of both different genders. Then he tries to understand what it's like to have a comrade. He says he he's swapping to party configuration because he mm-hmm. sees that people always fight together. And then when you fight him in Savage, it actually is almost a lore-appropriate way of him transforming. He determines that mortality literally has no advantages, mm-hmm. in a sense. There are no there are no actual feasible strengths. And so he gives he, up on that. <laughs> he literally gives up on that principle in Savage and instead adapts to, uh, to, I guess, put him... He instead creates himself as a form of life that is above all else. He refer he says, I am the Alpha, I am the Omega. Pretty mm. much. So he he instead tries to become a figure that is godlike, in a sense. So it's almost it almost makes you wish he had it in normal mode. And I feel like that's how I felt throughout all of Omega, where like it always feels like the last fight's kind of half of a fight because they just take the savage fight and like wean mm. it. Wean the first half of it. And it feels almost like lore-wise, like it would made perfect sense for him to do that transformation story-wise. He just like he just determines it's complete. It's a complete way. Then he doesn't understand anything. He doesn't understand godhood. He doesn't understand mortality. He understands nothing. 
He's just a robot who wants to go home. And that's it. An alpha he made from being friends with us develops a soul? Yeah. Yeah, develops an anima, develops a soul, which Omega could not. And we learned this. The power this of friendship. Pretty much. Power of friendship. He understands that limit breaks need a vocal component. Yeah, he does shout macros when he uses his limit breaks. It's pretty funny, actually. Well, he's seen all these bloody edgelords doing it. So, <laughs> you know, it's like, I'll defeat you, Sephiroth. Am I am I doing it right? <laughs> Optimize. Well, that's what's so optimized about it. He even has the shout yeah. macros down exactly. down packed. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everything's optimized. Fucking we. <laughs> God damn it! I'd like to point out nothing he does there is optimized either. <laughs> It's all the same. He see, he sees. He's like, well, X Death used it. Kefka used it. Guess I gotta use it. Fire three Blizzard. Fire Fire three Blizzard three are like, and I guess Thunder technically are like the the dive bombs of this tier because every final boss is all like Fire three Blizzard three. Well, he's not capable of using original mechanics. He's only capable of of replicating the the data that he's observed. And so that's why he's got the tier two LBs. He uses the Black Mage LB. He uses the Bard LB. I guess O three. I remember people using it in O three. But uh, yeah, he just sees LBs. And then in normal mode, he uses the tank. He uses wings. He doesn't even use the tank LB. He just uses wings. Yeah, he just uses. So original. But he uses the Black Mage LB. No Black Mage has ever fought Omega. That's bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he doesn't. Well, he uses the melee LB, and luckily he didn't have to learn that from a samurai. So, Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Probably not. It's just he uses the tier two. If he used the tier three LB, we'd we'd know a little bit more. Yeah, I'd be a little bit confused yeah. then. Like, I'm always wait, confused when they fine. use... Who did he really find? I'm always confused when they use the ranged LB3, the caster, L- or the I guess technically the bard LB3, the black mage LB3, and mm. then the melee LB2. And it's like... You couldn't have picked a different... You couldn't have picked, like, one of the LBs? Or, like, you couldn't have done, like, Dragon Song Dive or Final Heaven? or Nah. Me- no, melee LB3 is OP. He just he's just like melee. Yeah, I just need LB two. Could he use yeah. the chimichanga LB? There you go, Chimatsuri or whatever it's called. That one. That's the ninja one. I don't know what it's called. It's like called Chimatsuri. Chimichanga. Yeah, you know the mechanic that uh, what's her face had uh, Lakshmi. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, and yeah, I don't know. I didn't care about Omega. By the time it, by the time it was all over, I just didn't give a fuck. Okay. So. Yeah, all those final scenes with Alpha, I was like, all right, you got a soul. Uh, it was cute. I don't, I don't, uh, he, wants to, he wants to do his own thing. I, I, I like that. I just didn't really, I don't really care about Alpha as a character. Well, he even just now, got a soul, so you got to warm up to him now. Well, he just, he doesn't have, he's not a character. No, he, <laughs> he can talk to us now. He had to say two words. Yeah. Gotta say a sentence. Yeah, One but sentence. his whole character is that he's a curious chocobo. And we're like, let's let's just dedicate like more than half of the, the cutscenes in this tier to this chocobo. I mean he's still curious too. 
he's out and about. I really like that. I, just I like, don't find it that interesting. I like that you can legit just find him all over the world, just just like exploring shit. I want to find him in 5.0 zones. Well, I think it's interesting because he's kind of got the same impulse as Omega, right? Where he's trying to learn and grow by observing things. Yeah. I it's mean, just not in a- maybe it's Omega's, uh, maybe what, you know, Ether is in Omega's in Alpha now, and now he gets a second shot at being uh, not a raving lunatic. No? Not having it? I mean, what, you're suggesting that all of Omega's ether is in Alpha? Yeah, man. No. No. We destroyed Omega. Omega Omega made Alpha, so, uh, you know, Alpha's like a child of Omega's programming. That's what I'm saying. Like, it has similar kind of, you know, learning systems and stuff, but it doesn't have the ether. I'm just saying. It's just... He 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 got what he, t- he took what he knew and he just gave it to Alpha. Now Alpha will will do be what Omega could never be. He'll go home one day. Well, well yeah, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> he'll turn into a giant. He'll, it'll be like uh, he'll turn here's the thing as well. Song. Like like statistically, Omega's home world has probably been rejoined since then. Probably, but he doesn't know that. We don't know. No, obviously, he doesn't. Or maybe he does. Maybe that's why he's so, like, you know, nihilistic. That's it. I don't know, dude. I I just didn't care. Honestly, Nero was the most interesting character because he's starting to look like he has a soul. Well, yeah. He's been doing his own thing for quite a while. Yeah, but now I actually feel like he has some... I, I don't know. Some semblance of, of, of... Yes, a personality that's not just a raving lunatic. Less right. of a raving lunatic. He's it, it kind of ties in with the last uh heroes uh or the uh, tales from Stormblood, the eighth one, between Sid and Nero when they were young, which looks more like a rivalry that yeah. doesn't have to end in blood and is more so just like they just want to one up each other the whole time and Nero just kind of took the route of of colonizing a people or helping to colonize a people. Oh man. I see Ethis going into a lore explanation here. Yeah, pe- people are, are a bit confused. Um, uh, other planets, other stars, other shards, they're synonyms. They're all same. the same thing. They're the same thing. There you go. Yeah. Established. They're the same thing. It's been yeah. established. Uh, yeah, and now, I, I don't know. I want to see where... I'm actually curious where Nero's adventures are in 5.0 because now we're going back to dealing with Garlemald. He's one of those characters that kind of has to come back to the forefront outside of Omega a little bit because there's no doubt that Sid will also do the same. Sid, I even like that Sid referenced back to If You've Done Them, Labyrinth of the Ancients. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that was cool, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, he doesn't do it very like he could have said that exact same text with no flashbacks, which I think is exactly what happens if you haven't done them. Uh, it was Gra, yeah, because Grahatia and uh, my and uh, what's her face pops up from Alexander, the female Alra. It's been a while. Mide, Mide, there you go. Yep. Yeah, and Mide, Mide pop up. So when he's thinking about his past adventures, so there's a, there's a lot of importance of any characters who's a Garland. They're the only ones I want to see on screen for the next like year, pretty much. So. so you think they actually come to the forefront of all of this happening right now? We literally can't do 
no, they stuff have to. There's no way. Like that's guy. That's why Gaius is back. That's why we've got. Yeah, there yeah. has to be a reunion between Gaius and Sid and Nero. There has to be. Dude, I'm expecting Lucia or what's her face. Uh, is that her name? It's been so long yeah. since we've. Yeah, been Lucia. To yeah, that'd Lucia. be great. That'd I be expect her to come back to the forefront. I mean, she's Livia's sister. That's yep. also her homeland as well. So mm-hmm. Aaron Vold has got to have a pretty big role. I think we'll find Aaron Vold's daddy. Yeah, there's there's a lot. There's there's a lot of characters that suddenly make the scions look like more like peons than anything else. Because I care way more about these other characters than I care about the scions right now. By the way, because we really don't have much time left, can we just bring up they changed Merlewolf's voice actor a fucking again? I know! <laughs> they changed it again. What? I like the was original. That the only one they changed. Uh, the the Realm Reborn Merlewub was the best. I I agree. Yes. Realm Reborn Merlewub was was the best one. They just they've changed. It's now three different voice actresses for. They keep. It's well when you only put one line of dialogue every like year and a half for her. I guess it's it's easy to just say like just grab somebody. I don't care. Just get somebody in here to voice her real quick. I don't know who's in, who's yeah. in the office today. Just grab them. It's just, they keep changing her. She's just so unimportant. Oh, man. Oh, well. Um, Other than that, we did have the Four Lords. Uh, Four Lords were interesting. A lot of sexual tension built up in that bird. Mm -hmm. With Tenzin. Way too much Mm -hmm. sexual tension with that bird. And I never got to tell you that I... That I... So I never showed you my true form, did I? Yeah, yeah. Tenzin, Tenzin had never seen Suzaku in human life form, yeah. which makes it like even more creepy. Yeah, it's uh, just Suzaku. I, I reckon, I reckon Suzaku is doing him a bit of a domestic. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, she keeps saying like, "Why are you doing this? Why are you stop making me hit you? I'm doing this for your own good. Why are you?" <laughs> I'm only doing this because I love you. <laughs> it's yeah. a kink. Yeah. It's a kink. Sounds like it. It's fucking weird, dude. Really, the most important thing that came out of me for this, and admittedly, I haven't gotten to sit down and absorb all the texts, so feel free to add something in, but uh, is that it's even Genbu now is saying, yeah, Koryu, like before it was Tataru saying, I think we all know that Koryu is coming. Of all people, it was Tataru who first mm. mentioned yeah. that. There's no way we can avoid Koryu. Whereas Genbu was kind of like, we need the four lords back to keep the barrier, you know, to make sure that we can protect against him. Now even Genbu's like, yeah, he's coming soon. He'll be here soon. So we really need even to get... Even without Seryu, yeah. Yeah, he's like, we really need to get the rest of these Aramatama taken care of. Well, some people are saying that maybe Seryu is Koryu. Maybe they're the same Ryu. Could be. Or, or that his Aramatama ends up, you know, becoming the, the vessel for Koryu. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they could do it. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's all, we, we, I mean, I'm sure we don't understand Aramatama entirely from what they explained. You know, they, they, gave, they gave us a rundown on what the Aramatama is, Genbu did. But I'm sure there's, there's still room for that to expand and, and, you know, be used a little bit two-dimensionally instead of one-dimensionally. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, it just makes me wonder about 4.5, because, again, you know, either Sarah use a dungeon, like, it's one of many possibilities, but, God, if, mm-hmm. Koryu can't be a solo instance. I won't accept it. I won't accept us doing Sarah yeah. as the trial and Koryu as a solo instance. 
Yeah, oh, that'd be weird, wouldn't it? I'd, I'd, I'd sooner accept Dungeon Boss Seiryu. Might be the other way around, though. Could be. Could be Seiryu as the solo and, and Koryu as as the, the trial. Could be... I don't know, maybe maybe it's two trials. Fuck knows, right? Mm, right. But I'm not super optimistic for that one. Because we're also going to... I'm not because we're getting Jimmy at FanFest, and so he'll probably be in 4.5 if there's anything to tell. Um, and if they've actually uh, developed... Well, we are really going to be a Jimmy FanFest, aren't we? Yeah, we have the Ajumbo yeah. trial at FanFest. I, I, I doubt that trial is going to be directly tied to Hildebrandt. I sincerely yeah, doubt it. I kind of hope it is. I'd be okay with it being it, but I, they've just been so adamant about not needing to do all the Hildebrand to get to a trial. That's yeah, one they of have the main reasons. Yeah. So, yeah. There's, I don't know, there's possibilities. Four man. Hey, another uh, core you could be like Rathlos, just a four man extreme. There you go. There you go. I'm okay with that. We kind of need more of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm on board. We need more of that. But uh, I don't feel like a lot. A lot. It's basically the, it, the entire patch is spent time explaining kind of like when with Biako where they they uh they fought to get the villagers to flee because Genbu couldn't warn them mm. properly of the volcano erupting it's kind of what like it's kind of just that explanation but for Suzaku like how Suzaku was Tenzin's ally that was like the focus that I kind of understood and it wasn't really it was interesting but it's, there's not really much to discuss there I don't, I don't think there are any major revelations I don't know if Ethis is going over his notes on that right now or not? Sorry, what am I going over my notes on? I don't know if there's any of the points that I'm making about. I, I just I felt like the story for Four Lords just kind of existed to explain Suzaku's relation to Tenzin this time and remind us that Corey's yeah, on the way. Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't much else in it at the moment. Yeah, and that uh, Sorbon is now a big turtle. He's a big turtle. Sorbon's having a hell of a fucking life, man. It's it's training. It's training though. He, it's training he needs to undergo. Yeah, but it's like I feel like Genbu's gonna die and Sorobon's gonna take over as one of the four lords at this point. Yeah, it kind of mm. looks that way. It's kind of pointing out towards that. They even gave him the same shitty turtle model that it, that Genbu uses in eleven. Just the generic Adamantois model. It's actually not the same model as Genbu. It's just the generic Adamantois model. Um, Domain Civilization, we can't really talk about too much yet. We've only had two lockouts. I will say this, though. My uh, my maximum's up to 25,000 now. As of this week, I can now contribute a total of 25,000 to the Domain Enclave. So they're becoming worth more money to me, slowly but surely. And Sly, what's the rise I, what's the rise I do? Agree. Go. Come on. It's going to be on the quiz. I have a dude Domain Enclave. You literally just give them items and they give you money for free, Sly. Yeah. <laughs> Good commitment. Thanks. Good. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah, you're about as committed as you are to doing the fucking jumping puzzle. Yeah, exactly. Which I know Ethis loves. Have you done it, Ethis? So that's our show. Um, Why not? There's, there's there's different patterns when you enter. Oh boy! There's a Typhon mount to obtain now, and it's like four thousand MVP. There's oh, achievements. Man, oh, I'm going to do it right now. I'm logging back in. Good. 
You know what I will say? One thing that I I keep we keep not getting story about. I really want to know what the fuck the altars of Uznair. Like, I want to know what the hell is like the actual story relation of Aquapolis and all the Uznair dungeons. Because the shifting altars is a lot of fun. If you do all five invocations twenty times, you get the title Invoker of Gods, which is a pretty dope title. Mm. It's a little edgy, but pretty. So dope you've done title. um you've done your shifting altars. Oh yeah. You done? Oh yeah. Okay. So you've gotten the fifth invocation. I haven't gotten it on my run. No, I've I've okay. I've been on two runs. I got all five invocations though. Yes, okay. and it's a lot of fun. I just want to know the story reasons behind Uznair, man. And now that we know that the Allegans had their hands in Ozim's step as much as they did, that that thing in the center is not what it, it appears to be. That for that throne is a fucking is definitely an Allegan machination on the fucking inside. I refuse to accept anything else. Future dungeon, possibly? That's fair. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a dungeon. <laughs> it wouldn't be terribly surprising, would it? No. No? There's also a giant hand. That's Allegan, probably. All the pillars. It's a hand. Around the outside. I mean, the, the Dawn Throne looks like a kind of proto-Dalamud, doesn't it? A little bit. Yeah. I, I think that it's possible that that's the ruins of like an Allegan town or city. Honestly, we'll find out one day. We're gonna crack that thing open like an egg. Let I all, suppose let, we let all the lore pour out. Hopefully, we'll find out more we, in we lore gotta book kick the part lore two. Out, first off, no, dude, we just gotta wait for the lore book to come out. We don't gotta do shit with the Orator. No, we don't need to kick him out. They're fine. We just need to get this book. That's it. We just need to get this fucking book. I will be good. All right. But on that note, as much as I'd love to continue, gentlemen, we're on a bit of a time constraint. We've got raid in a few minutes. So I think mm -hmm. we should wrap it up. I'll thank the Patreon supporters. And then you guys can tell them where they can find you at. And then we'll be done. That sound, yeah. that sound according to plan? Yeah. Size 10 4. All right, well, then thank you to our supporters over on Patreon for supporting this, the uh, show through hashtag demonetized. We got plenty of supporters over there, starting with our patron of light, who I have a picture of, who's making use of the shooting stars meme with Alpha a little bit. And uh, I mean, this it's a pretty good area to take a picture. It's literally galaxy brain picture right here. And uh, yeah, it is a really cool looking area. It's just really weird to be there. I just, story-wise, it's just, yeah, I was just like, okay, the universe. It's not the one we, oh, that's right, they gave me another one, but they said that they wanted me to use this one instead, so I'm waiting for another one. That's fine. Uh, they gave me two pictures last time, but they said use one or the other, and I hadn't considered changing them, so we're good to go. But anyway, thank you to Kuja Cross on Genova, our patron of light, for supporting the show through hashtag demonetized. We also have all of our other sponsors. We have our standard sponsors, and I hope you guys are uh, tucked in for this one. Senshi, Crimson and Talvia Swift of Coral, Shadowlink on Tonberry, Dom, Sukawik from Genova, Lemillionella of Midgard Stormer, Saren the Avalanche family on Malboro, John Uyatsu, Kifkin the Great Eagles on Exodus, Darkgraver, Kadayoshi from Kujata, Skia Saponi from Ragnarok, Rossefin from Exodus, Finalator, West Lost the Purple Warrior, Edric Red Steel on Exodus, Lexi Valentine, the Mentaru and the Revivus FC from Zodiac, Sour Cream and Tribes from Genova, Renoa Chikara, Guisha Valfar of Siren, Hirschfurst of Fairy, Phoenix Down FC on Goblin, and 
and Saren from Zodiac. We also have our elite State of the Realm sponsors. We have Jonathan, we have Shinka, Casual Heroes, FC on Midgard Sarmer, Tatachitaka of Hyperion, Kanazuki of Genova, Ustarla on Coral, Sothal, Sarah Frost from Behemoth, Diablo, Holy Tabasco, Red Thorn, Asura, Askin Hawk, Kras 015, Mustangs, Renegade FC on Ultras, Kat Kazuma, Serial Kira on Cactar, Ignis Faragun from Diablos, Velestra of Fanfret, Knock Courts from Excalibur, Krovos Moons, Moonscar, Private Mikey, Spike, Nani Karasami, Rudy Rudiger, Tenkalasis, Killer Hackman Wall Jr., and Killtastic Jones. I know one of those names I need to adjust because someone changed their server. Let me just actually, uh, there it goes. Ignis Faragun is now on Excalibur. So that I'll make that adjustment here while you guys are doing your sign-offs. But thank you to our sponsors as per usual. Thank you, everyone. And now with that, we have to say goodbye. And we always let our guests say goodbye first. So we'll let him and his Namazu, I guess, uh, say where you can generally find them at. Oh, so, all right. So Ethos, okay. yeah, it's your goodbye. turn. Uh, you can find me as Ethos Asher in, in all the places. Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. You don't have an Instagram, do you? Yeah, I got an Instagram. Okay. Yeah, bro. All right. What's the next video, Ethos? Uh, I'm sorry, what? Did you say something? You're breaking, <laughs> up. <laughs> You're breaking up there a little bit. All right. Well, thanks. Well, thanks, Ethos. Sly, what does he say I can find you at? You sure you're done, Ethos? You sure? Nothing else? No? No? Did I forget anything? Yeah. You good? Did I forget something? I don't know. I'm asking. That's a trick question. No. No. No, you go ahead. Okay. I'm good. Okay. Okay. Well, you can find me at twitch.tv slash sly, aka grayfox. Twitter at Sly the Fox, YouTube.com slash the Velvet Room, uh, Facebook.com slash Sly, aka Gray Fox. Um, yeah, tomorrow we're starting Valkyria Chronicles 4, first one for me. Yay. And uh, for ST Saturdays, we are finally starting Devil Survivor Overclock. Yeah, on a new day for you here. Perfectly normal days. Perfectly fucking happy? normal. Right, happy? Yeah, per, per look 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 into my eyes. Perfectly fucking normal. Please. You, you is that was that the end slide I changed back to you? No, no, that that was the end. Okay. That was me passing. Well, I appreciate that. I, I'm I'm Mr. Happy having a nice normal YouTube, normal Twitter, normal Twitch, normal Facebook, and a normal Instagram. Um, yeah. I fixed again the Steel Series giveaway thing that'll be under the YouTube video for this episode. Will be the correct one for October, where you'll have about a month to enter. I think before October twenty fourth for some Steel Series swag. So go and get your free shit if you didn't already. And uh, yeah, thanks everyone for watching this week's episode. Uh, we are going to go hey, on oh, to nice. a microscopic oh, quick post show. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up? Oh, I actually did yeah, have something um, to add. I actually did have something to add yes. too. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. You first. Go ahead. No, well, I, you brought it up, so you can do it first. No, no, no. You probably it's probably the same thing, but go ahead. I'm going to I'm going to assume it involves a certain community project. Yes. Yes. Would it be for one soken? No. No. So then we have two different things. So you go first. Okay. Um, as Haps uh, probably tweeted out, uh, those of you all who will be at Fanfest. Ah, that's the other announcement be... that we have. Yes. Yeah, we uh, will be at the um, LBR after party. Um, Hell yeah. 
Haps has the link. We have the link. Um, he tweeted it out. I'll tweet it out. But definitely, um, if you do plan on jo- joining us at FanFest, definitely um, hit up the LBR after party. You can find the details on on Twitter at LBR, at Limit Break Radio. And we'll tweet it out ourselves. But yeah, join us, please. Please. I was scared. I was, I was on LBR for them to announce that I was going to be there. And mm-hmm. a, a Nero said something that had me scared. Oh, he said that this would be the last chance to party with LBR. I was scared. You should be. I mm. will be. He's, they mm. said that, and everyone's like, "What?" Curious. And I'm like, maybe. Mm. I mean, maybe they're just going sober. Who knows? <laughs> A Nero, Nero, a Nero knows how to party. All right, you and oh him are gonna get along God. real well, Sly. You guys know oh. how to party. Oh, we do. We we we, we do. Every time oh, we see each other, yeah. we, we we fucking do. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. So yeah, we're gonna be going to the LBR party again. Check our twitters. Uh, I'll actually include it in the YouTube link as well. But I had another announcement, and this is how I got so lost in things before the end of the show. Um, somebody's working okay. on a community project. Uh, it's a ha- thank you and happy birthday for Soken. Uh, that's coming up Ooh. as well. Oh, so uh, I have a link that I will share momentarily. It's very simple. FFXIVcommunity.com for anyone who wants to contribute to this happy birthday for Soken. Uh, go over there. It'll give you what you need to know on how to contribute. There's all sorts of ways to contribute. But uh, yeah, they're going to be uniting all the data centers in this. This will be a global project. So there will be contributors from all three regions, North America, Europe, and Japan. So be sure to contribute if you are creative, unlike me. So uh, Challenge, make up lyrics to O11S or O11, excuse me. Some, somebody <laughs> said that he says, appreciate Tinder. That's like the first thing he said. Oh my I god. I got some chicken. I'm ready to fry. Fucking swan. Oh no. Oh god. Oh no. Oh, it's, it's fucking rising the meatballs all over again. Oh shit! Oh Jesus! All right, yeah, do that. Come up with your own lyrics to Eleven Savage." All right. Yeah. Okay. Prepare your tender <laughs> No, I can't. I gotta stop. I gotta stop. Okay, we're done. The show's done, guys. We'll be, we'll, <laughs> we'll be back next week to talk about the uh, right ra- tier ra-tier. ra-tier show next week. I don't know which guest we'll have. So it'll be someone from Elysium or for or for Zep. I'm still undecided at this point because mostly because I haven't asked anyone. But that's going to be show next week. We're going to be doing a, a raid, uh, an overview on the raid and looking back at uh, it versus the rest of the raid tier. So please look forward to a raid show yeah. next week. So thank you. Hi. I'm going to go do raid right now and I will see all of you later. Okay? Okay. 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 Bye. Bye. Okay, we're outro now. Bye. All right.